Welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, I have a awesome interview coming up for you. It is with Eric Malzone of Fitness Blitz Radio, his podcast over on iTunes. Eric is a serial entrepreneur, a super cool dude. He even used to own his own CrossFit gym and has been a college athlete. So I highly recommend that you check out this podcast. We're going to be talking all about how to do it now and why you should be doing what you want now. So this is a really fun interview. I highly recommend that you check it out. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get yourself a free audiobook on us by going to allaroundjoe.com slash audible. And in the podcast, Eric actually recommends the book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. So I recommend that you go to allaroundjoe.com slash audible and pick up that book on us. So I hope you do that. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. So without further ado, here we go. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Joe, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the show, man. It's, uh, it's been a fun packed morning for me. Um, let's see, today's June 13th. So I've already um, recorded a podcast, um, talked to uh, a couple of fitness professionals in the industry, uh, going on, taking their businesses online. And uh, yeah, now I get to do a podcast with you. So this is like, it's all before noon. Which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is super cool. And I've come and driven from Pinnacles National Park to a Starbucks so that we can be talking right now. So. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's a good, good life, man. Good life. Yeah, it is. But, uh, it's just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. You know, mm-hmm. um, what are you up to? What's your elevator, elevator pitch right now um, so that people can get the background of Eric Malzone? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I've, um, I'm sure we'll get into the history of it, but I've been in the fitness industry for a long time been a lifelong athlete. Um, now that I'm 41, I use that term loosely. Um, 41, just 41. Yeah. Wow. Looking good. Thanks buddy. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, good living hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what I do currently, um, with my life is, you know, similar to you as I, uh, I've taken my wife and I have taken our, our lives on the road. We've gone digital, you know, nomadic. And, uh, you know, what I do now is I help people achieve the lifestyle of freedom that, that I so dearly love, you know, whether that be through online businesses or just clarity in what they do. Um, but mostly surviving, you know, going through the, the world of online fitness and whether that be coaching, um, membership sites, things like that, podcasts, uh, whatever it is, you know, help people do that. And that's, um, you know, essentially monetizing my life journey is, is what I'm up to nowadays. Very cool. And I'm interested, what's a, a regular week look like for you? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, I am now currently really focusing everything on, on pushing my whole week into, uh, starting Monday afternoon and, and finishing Friday morning. So what it looks like is I do, um, <clears throat> a lot of my catch up work, um, on Monday afternoons, Friday mornings, um, closing up all, all my week. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do podcasts and interviews all day. So I have what's called the Fitness Blitz, which is a short format, eight to 12 minute podcast um, for Fitness Professional Online, which is uh, my company with my business partner, Doug Holt. On Wednesdays, I do, um, I do longer form interviews. I take interviews and uh, I consult. And then on Thursday mornings and Tuesday mornings, I do mastermind groups. So that's essentially it. It's a lot. 
um, packed into three and a half days uh, of the week, but that's what I do. And then, um, can I swear on this podcast? Is that okay? Or absolutely. Yeah. So on uh, Friday afternoon through Monday morning, my wife and I just go fuck off somewhere in the, you know, in, in the wilderness and, uh, find different ways to, to, to have fun. And that's a kind of it. Very cool. And where are you right now? (laughs) I'm in Whitefish, Montana. Yeah. Northwest Montana, about two hours South of, um, the Canadian border. And we've been here since we got here in December, which is by far the longest place, longest time we've spent anywhere in the last year. Uh, but we came here for ski season and, uh, we were not disappointed. We had like, uh, I got 65 days of skiing in this year. It was the best season. We just happened upon the best season in 21 years in whitefish. And, uh, everyone kept saying you guys should stay for the spring summer. So we did. And, uh, once again, not disappointed. This place is amazing. Um, but actually don't come here. Nobody come here. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah. It's too gray. It's too cold. You won't like it. Yeah. 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 That's what I used to tell people about Seattle and then Amazon kept bringing people in and now it's, I had to get out of there, but yeah, uh, man. Yeah. I got to experience whitefish Montana for the first time this winter, just randomly we were searching for snow and they got a, they were the only place that got a dump. So yeah. we headed, you know, through the family in the car and drove over there and it was fantastic. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Over four, I think it was 430 inches we got this year. Um, we, uh, whitefish got, and it's interesting. I know there's also, I think it's very popular from people in Seattle because there's that train, right? There's like the whitefish train. I didn't Yeah. Realize. So I guess you can, you can hop on it at night and you can sleep on the train. Then you show up um, in the morning. You can ski that day. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty cool. Right. Oh my God. That sounds like a great life experience. Heck yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to let some of the people up in Seattle know about that. That sounds. Fantastic. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't tell anyone else. Yeah. Just, just like three people. They're really. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Years. That's fair. That's it. So I will edit this part out of the podcast. It'll be all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm interested in knowing more about you, man. Um, you seem like a cool guy and you know, you. we've recently only, or we've only recently met and uh, hit it off. I think it's been, you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. And this is one of the cool things about the podcast is mm. get to dig in here. So yeah. I want to know, like, so how did you grow up, man? I mean, mm-hmm. where was it? You know, what was the, what did that look like? Were there any interesting things that shaped who you are now? Yeah, definitely. You know, the, uh, I, I grew up in Northern California. So, um, you know, like 741, I was born in 1976 and when I was born um, in that area, it, it wasn't called the Silicon Valley yet. It was just, you know, Northern California and, and the Bay Area. So what I can actually say is like, I remember when it was orchards and, uh, you know, that's, you know, riding my bike around that area. And then all of a sudden, you know, mid eighties, everything exploded. My dad um, is, you know, he's all of his family, except for him, was born in Italy. So they all came over and then his parents had him there in, in the States. And uh, successful man, you know, um, I lived in an upper, um, you know, upper middle class uh, family. Um, you know, he was a dentist, um, put himself through school, um, you know, army paid for his dental school, um, started a practice in, in San Jose. And um, yeah, you know, overall, I lived a pretty a pretty great upbringing. I have, I have zero complaints about the way, um, you know, I, w- I was brought up and, um, you know, I think some of the things that really defined who I am as far as personality and, and characteristics and things like that is, um, you know, I, at early age, I had, uh, diagnosed with pretty gnarly asthma. Um, so I had, uh, you know, I was constantly having asthma attacks, trips to the hospital, things like that. 
uh, really scare my parents. My, my parents made me get into swimming because that builds your lung power and things like that. So I started doing it, um, hated it, <laughs> just hated swimming. It was just like, you know, I had to go, right. It was like something that was like my medicine. I had to go to swimming and, uh, ended up being okay at it and starts competitively swimming at around, you know, five or six and stuck with it. And, uh, you know, actually I was probably a major product of the non fat, low fat craze of the early nineties, because I got pretty chubby, man. I got really chubby. Um, you know, I read around the age of like eight to 12 and having to, uh, squeeze into a speedo at that age, um, twice a day was really not that fun. So I had to really kind of, you know, I, I became quite an introvert. Um, I also had to get quite a, a good personality just to get by. And, uh, you know, once, um, I got to about 11 or 12, you know, from my athletic standpoint, I found water polo, which I was like, holy cow, this is swimming. This is way more fun, yeah. you know? Um, and then I got, and then I really got hooked and, uh, I had a very long and, um, you know, rewarding, uh, career in water polo all the way through high school, all American to college, to, uh, club teams, um, and some international club play after school. And yeah, so I've, I've always done athletics. Um, you know, after I went to uh, college in Boston and, uh, um, after that I lived in San Francisco, um, for a good eight or nine years, um, had a blast. I did various forms of sales and marketing jobs, um, mainly because that was the only job I could really get. Uh, I wasn't really qualified for a whole else. I could just talk to people and go out and sell things. And, uh, you know, the whole time just always seeing my dad, you know, owning his own business. I knew that at some point, you know, I didn't. I didn't like working for people. I didn't like having to go to, you know, an annual sales conference. I didn't like having to check in with my boss every Friday. I didn't like, you know, I wanted to be, you know, and I also saw, you know, as from a sales perspective, how much money I was making for the company and how small of a fraction, uh, I actually got, yep. you know, I was like, somebody at the top of this pyramid is making a shit ton of money and it's not, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah, I got a trip to Hawaii this year, but I also <laughs> sold like $3 million worth of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> You know, so I, I decided, you know, if I'm going to be, if I want to be in an organization, I want to be at the top of the pyramid, um, even if it's a tiny, tiny little pyramid. So, you know, when uh, one of my college teammates, Trevor Boehm, uh, texted me in 2007, uh, texted me, it was right when they had, this is back when cell phones, they didn't have like the current cell phones. So you had to like go like 333444, you know, when you wanted to text. And uh, yeah, so he texted me, hey man, do you want to open a gym? And at that moment, you know, in time, I was like, you know what, I was so ready for a change in my life. And I knew that, you know, it's getting up to my upper twenties and I was like, I gotta start doing something that's like serious. You know, I've been messing around, having a great time in San Francisco, but I haven't really built anything for myself, um, and my future self. So, um, yeah, man, I literally packed up, made the decision, uh, packed up everything I owned, um, in San Francisco, put it into a trailer and drove down to Santa Barbara, uh, because we decided that, um, you know, after a little bit of research that, uh, Santa Barbara. And this was the, the wild, wild West days of CrossFit. So, yep. Yep. you know, affiliates were popping up. People were just claiming their stakes, you know, claiming their ground in different areas. So we did research. Um, I wanted to live in Lake Tahoe, but there was already two gyms, um, there. And then, um, so we looked at Santa Barbara, which was Traver's uh, number one choice. And, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we decided, you know, let's just do it. Let's go there. So we went to a town I've never been in, didn't know a single person. And, uh, we opened a gym and, uh, yeah, that, that kind of pushed forward. So that was about nine years of my life. And what year was that? That was 20. So we started the business. You started the articles of incorporation in 08, opened in 09. Okay. 
Yeah. So it was, it was still pretty early. Um, you know, it was still, and that was one of the worst, that recession was awful. I don't know if you remember, but that was a really bad time to open a business. Um, luckily CrossFit was like, was just starting to get going. Right. Uh, so yeah, it was a bad time. We couldn't get any business loans. We had to self-finance everything, which means everything looked like shit. Like our gym, we did all the, um, the renovations, which was just tearing out the roof and everything by ourselves, hoping that no one would come by asking for permits. Um, yeah. because that would have just put it, that would have been it. It would have been dead before it even started. Right. It would have been, uh, cause we couldn't afford permits. So, um, yeah. And then we just started hustling, you know, going around, um, talking to as many people as we could in Santa Barbara face to face, telling them that we exist, um, getting one client, you know, one client was a win, two clients was amazing. And then you just start building from there. And, uh, the whole thing, you know, started steamroll. And, um, you know, by the time uh, I was ready to, let's, you know, trying to think like right around 2014 was probably like the, the pinnacle I think of, of CrossFit when you could still have the name on the door and people start coming in. Yeah. Maybe a little earlier. Um, I'm sure you remember all this, uh, but that started to die off and that's when people had to start getting good at business. And that's where I really started to grow as a business person because I had to figure it all out because um, there was no set, set way to do it. So, um, you know, it continued to grow, um, you know, the year that, and then finally I, I came home. Well, let me back up. Cause there's, there's a lot of personal parts that come into us in 2016. My wife and I had a very challenging year personally. Um, we, uh, you know, it started off with, um, we were pregnant and then we weren't, and we lost the pregnancy very late, uh, about 20 weeks. And that was devastating, absolutely yeah. devastating. And then, um, within a month, um, or two, my wife's, uh, father died of heart attack in Brazil at the age of 62. Oh. And so she had to fly out and go take care of that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, right towards the end of the year, our dog died. And we're just like, you know, it was one of those things where you just realize the fragility of life. And, uh, you know, I'm similar to probably what you're doing. We decided from that point that, you know, I don't, everything that you want to do in life, like just start doing it because it's so easy to get stuck in these ruts. And then years go by, decades go by. Next thing you know, everything that you wanted to do, um, you don't either you're not healthy enough to do it or you can't do it anymore. So really with a lot of that thought in mind and just the stress that I was going under, I wasn't the same Eric I used to be, um, that really defined and changed me quite a bit. And I decided that, you know, um, it's time for us to leave that town. And I came home one night and told my wife, uh, you know, I want to sell the gym and I think we should go move to a mountain town. And, uh, you know, and she, just, just like my wife, she wanted out me. She's like, well, why don't we just, She's like, first of all, yes, I love it that you want to sell a gym because she can work from anywhere and she knew how much time I put in. I mean, you know, six days a week minimum, right? right um, yeah. Being there. And uh, she, was, she was all for it. Um, and then she was, she's like, well, why don't we just live in multiple mountain towns? <laughs> and I was like, God, I love you. You're the best. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, you know, I, I worked with my head coach to sell the gym. Um, she bought it. Dean and Russell was still doing a fantastic job, job with Gravitas Fitness. Um, and uh, we hit the road, man. You know, I started um, right around that point. I also reached out to my um, now business partner, Doug Holt, because I know that he had um, sold a facility in Santa Barbara, a, pr a private training studio after 12 years. Uh, he owned it. He also had a digital marketing agency, uh, which he'd been in that world for 20 years. Um, also used to write textbooks for ISSA. So he had this entrepreneurial background. So I reached out to him and when I called him to get his advice on, you know, what to do next, 
he was actually driving from California to uh, Alaska in a van just like yours. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he was working the whole way. You know, he was doing working three days a week. And I was like, dude, that's it. That's what I want. I want that. Yeah. You know, so let's, let's talk about that. And we did. So when he got back, we had lunch and we started cracking some ideas of like, okay, we splintered off his digital agency, started doing work for people in the fitness industry, um, started doing some consulting. And, uh, you know, now we're working on mastermind groups and I have my two podcasts and all that. So it's been a really busy, fun year um, since I made that decision to, to move on from that spot. And I feel like, um, you know, whether looking back, I was really ready to grow outside of my four walls of my gym and, and take a more global perspective. And, uh, you know, now, um, you know, doing what we do now and how happy we are. Um, you know, I feel bad sometimes, Joe, people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. Like, I don't know why I feel guilty for saying that, but I feel re- like things are really good. Like life's awesome, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I couldn't have always said that with, with a hundred percent, you know, um, authenticity, but I can now. And, uh, yeah, I just want, I want more people to get that. I want more people to get that message of like, you know, if there's things you're waiting to do, or you think you're going to do them when you're 60 or 65, fuck it. Like figure out a way to do it now. You know, why not? Cause you're young, you can enjoy it. So Absolutely. anyway, that's, that's my story. <laughs> I love, it. I, love yeah. it. I want to dig in just a, a little bit, a little bit further. Um, number one question, what did you get? Did you graduate from college and did you get a good, what did you get your degree in if you did? Yeah, I did. I graduated from Boston College. So I originally, um, which was a great school, very fun, small, um, private uh, Jesuit Catholic school. So I actually did 18 years of Catholic school, man. Um, hard time. Yeah, I did hard time. Um, so I graduated, I originally started in economics and then I realized that was like way too hard, um, especially doing two sports. I was swimming, playing water polo, I was traveling all the time. I just couldn't keep up with that. So I switched to business marketing, um, which I actually loved and graduated with that degree. Um, and actually use it, which is rare, you know, actually use stuff that I learned in college, right? Crazy. (laughs) You don't hear that very often. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, and then before that, you mentioned that you were an introvert growing up. Yeah. So I was as well. Um, so I'm curious how and when that switched. Cause you're obviously, maybe you're still an introvert. I'm still an introvert, but I have, uh, I, I can switch turn it on and off. You yeah. know what I mean? So that I can, you know, help people in the fitness industry or like, you know, do presentations and whatnot. So I'm curious, where did that transformation happen? Why did it happen? And then like, how do you deal with it now? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when I, when I look back and when I was introverted, I think of myself as like, um, you know, a chubby little kid playing Nintendo, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, just, just jamming Oreos. Right. And that was like my life. And that's what I was super happy doing. And I still, I'm very happy, um, you know, and when I think of like introvert, um, I don't know who told me this or where I read it or where I gather this data or information is that, you know, it's where do you go to recharge? Do you go off to your, by yourself yep. or do you go, you know, hang out with people and that's where you gather your energy from? I'm very much the first, like I can do, you know, similar to you, I can do 20 podcasts and a mastermind group and do a presentation and all these things. But as soon as that's done, I'm like, Whew. Like, okay, I need to go off in the wilderness and just hang out with my dog and my wife and, uh, and go from there, you know? And so I think that's, I don't think there was ever a shift. I also, you know, um, you know, it's a funny story is in eighth grade, we had yearbooks, right. And they, everyone got an award. So I got two awards, um, which was, I think I was the only person who got two, which is kind of cool. I got, um, 
best, uh, I got best personality, which I believe is what they give the nice chubby kid, um, <laughs> generally. And then number two, I got best dressed, which is funny because we wore uniforms. So <laughs> <laughs> you apparently you wore your uniform really well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe it was the turtleneck underneath. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I've always, you know, I, I've always, uh, retreated back to being, you know, by, by myself and enjoying those times, but I can always push forward. I think my brother is the same way as, you know, we call it social introverts where you can push it when you need it. Um, and I think it sounds like you're probably pretty similar too. Yeah. I hit a point where I just knew that if I wanted to excel, I needed to break out of that a little bit. And all the people that I was looking up to were doing things like presentations and, you know, speaking to big groups. And so let's just throw yourself into the fire and figure out what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. For sure. Yeah. So let's see, have you ever had any mentors? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, you know, I've always, I've always had mentors. I put a really, really high value on it. Um, you know, I would say, uh, my dad, number one has always been a great mentor, you know, um, whether it be business or life or whatever. Um, he's always been there, always a phone call away. Um, you know, through business, I would say my, one of my first mentors was Andy Petronic. Um, he was the guy from CrossFit Los Angeles. Uh, he owned that and started the biz network. And um, I hired, we hired him, Traver and I, as a, a business consultant early on. And I still talk to him. He was on, the, on my podcast and, you know, I email with him quite frequently. And um, he was awesome. I think probably the most influential uh, mentor I've had um, just on my whole perspective on life and business and everything, um, life, you know, things after life even, uh, is James Fitzgerald, um, who, uh, you know, from the OPEX, you know, he's the founder of OPEX used to be OPT is the first 2007 CrossFit games champion. And, uh, I hired him as my coach, uh, for CrossFit, um, or just athletics in general. And, um, what I didn't realize is that, you know, not only was I getting someone who had mastered program design, but I was getting someone who really, really had unique insights on life and, and how business and everything ties in and, uh, life coaching really. So, you know, I'm very thankful, uh, for him. I, he's still, you know, he's a very, um, busy man, but he still makes time. If I email him, you know, I'll ask him every once in a while, can we jump on a call and he'll still do it. Um, so he's been awesome. Um, you know, I worked with Chris Cooper, um, from the two brain business group for a long time, um, two or three years. Awesome dude. Um, great guy, very, um, insightful in business. And then once again, you know, all, everyone who's a great mentor just tends to be a good person you know, yeah. I found, yeah. um, and then now, um, you know, I kind of go back and forth. I consider my business partner, Doug, he's, he's a mentor for sure, because he's so far ahead, uh, in the online business and digital marketing world. Um, and we both have similar, um, visions of what we want our lives to look like. Um, so yeah, I've always had mentors, man. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, work with Cliff Ravenscraft for a while. I was a big podcast guy. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't do well without him. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I think that a lot of people have actually trouble finding mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, you've had several awesome mentors. How did yeah. you go about finding those people? I was, yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> I always look at like, I try to find people who are a few steps ahead of me of where I want to be. Right. And then I'd go and I just pursue it. You know, I just, I was very like with James Fitzgerald, I was very open and honest. Like when I hired him as a coach, I'm like, listen, I'm kind of hiring you for a coach, but let's be honest. I'm like a slightly above average athlete when it comes to CrossFit. So it's not really for that. Like, I just want to learn as much as I can about business and life and and program design, all these things. So he was very, 
um, accommodating on that. Um, but yeah, and same with Chris Cooper, you know, I saw him, I read his book, uh, the two brain business and, um, you know, I, he resonated with me and I emailed him and, you know, told him kind of relationship I wanted and, and we crafted that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a point of res- you know, resonating with people and seeing where they're at in life. And if, if they, um, you know, if they're steps ahead of where you want to be on that same or similar path, I think that's probably the biggest marker of, of going for it. Okay. And then you recommend reaching out to them. And even if they are not currently having a quote unquote mentorship program, um, you just craft it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean, I did it within like with James, I crafted it within the parameters of like, okay, we had one call a month, we had unlimited email. Um, you know, so I I built it within those parameters because, you know, you have to value their time of course, and they're going to set their, their markers as well. But I think, um, you know, anytime, um, sorry, mosquitoes just went by my face. Uh, you know, anytime that people reach out to you and ask you to mentor them, I think it's, there's a natural urge to say yes. You know, I think people want, you know, whether it's from a, a a legacy standpoint or something, you want to take what you've taught or learned and all the fuck ups that you've gotten and pass that down to the next people. Um, and I, I'm lucky now cause I get to do that for others. Um, you know, whether it be one-on-one or mastermind groups. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, um, you know, it's not necessarily what you know, but it's, or what the successes it's the fuck ups, right. That you, you know, that's where, that's where you learn. And I've, uh, you know, I think I'm really good at screwing up. So I do it really fast and I do it really effectively. Um, and then I can pass that down to other people. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. It does. It does. But, and I think that people listening should take this and run with it. Really. I mean, if you want to improve on anything, this is like the, maybe like one of the top three strategies that's ever been talked about on this podcast is if not the best is, Hey, find that person that's a little bit above you that you look up to contact them and see if you can, and see if you can create this relationship and let them know what you're looking for. Even if they don't have a program set up already, I think a lot of people would think, oh, well, they're not, you know, mentoring people or they don't have a coaching program set up. It's like, so? Right. Yeah. Ask because you never know. Right. Just ask. And I think it's, I, you know, when I, when you look at like why mentors are important or who's a good mentor for you, I think a lot of people want to go to the top of the mountain, you know, someone who's been there for 20 years. Um, But really generally the best advice comes from people who are just there not too long ago. Sure. You know, who, who know that feeling or know that's like, if you're, you know, using, you know, CrossFit, if you're, if you're one of those people who, um, like my wife who just picked up keeping pull-ups like that, yeah. right. Like it was just so annoying. You're like, God, that took me six months. Um, but you know, generally the people who, who are the best coaches or the best mentors are ones who are recently learned not too long ago and struggle to learn it. Because they know that feeling of like, yeah, I get it. You know, I can be empathetic in that situation, but just keep going, you know, just tweak it, try again, tweak it, try again. Um, And I think that's, you know, a lot of times people want to go to like, you know, I'm trying to think of like, you know, someone who's like a master gymnast, you know, who's been doing it forever and they just find it so easy. They may not understand the struggle of what a beginner goes through. Um, So I think people who are right in that, you know, that sweet spot of maybe a couple of years or a couple steps ahead of you are really, uh, is really important. That's my opinion. No, I agree too. And I've started this other podcast called the Get Better Project where I'm interviewing um, top athletes and a lot of them are CrossFit athletes. And I'm more interested in those people that have 
just made it to regionals for the first or second time or just made it to the games because they seem to have it's interesting like you can you can get that that point point it when they flip the switch and like this is what i did this is what i changed or this is what it took you know it took the four years of getting good at this particular thing in order to make it you know rather than like the let's say the rich fronings or the matt frazier's who are just you know they 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 did it they started doing it and they were good at it from the start you know right Right, and they've been doing it for such a long time that it's kind of like they don't know what that difference maker is. I don't think, or it's in, it's harder to get it out of them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And plus, if you're going to go hire a rich froning, um, you're going to pay a lot more. Yeah, right. <laughs> like if he's going to coach you, it's going to be like ten grand a month or something <laughs> like that. And uh, yeah, so you can. It's generally more affordable if you go someone in the middle tier who who's been there recently yeah. for sure. Absolutely. So. Um, We've talked about how you start off in sales and you got into entrepreneurship. Hmm. Uh, was that an easy transition for you? I know a lot of people find, because we're talking about, you know, how people should be doing things now and how they should, and we're going to get more and more into that as the podcast goes along. But a lot of people think, well, my job is holding me back and maybe they should become entrepreneurs or maybe they should figure out how to take their job on the road. Like both of our significant others sounds like to take their job on the road. Yeah. Um, so was that entrepreneurship transition hard for you or did it come easy? You know, I've always, um, you know, I, I like to have a mixture of what I call burning your boats, um, which is all in, right. Which is, I don't know. It's like some Spanish conquistador came over, um, to a new land. And as soon as he arrived, he burned all the boats so that everyone in his crew was like, okay, well you're in now right? You're committed, right? So we're just called burning the boats. But I also like to have some kind of background or buffer so that I don't overstress myself because that can be a very, very stressful situation. You know, sure. like when I first started, um, when I took that leap um, and drove all the way down to Santa Barbara to open my gym, um, I also had another sales job that I was still doing remotely. Okay. Now I wasn't doing it as well. I knew I only had a certain amount of time before they kind of caught on and, and, uh, you know, sorry, Matt, he was my sales manager for listening to this. I apologize, <laughs> but you know, kind of use the company a little bit, um, you know, just to get that, that income going. I also had X amount of dollars saved so that I know I'm like, if I needed to, I could live for a year. Yeah. Right. So I think there's, there's a certain, um, degree of walking the fence of like, okay, I need a high sense of urgency, but I also need something that I can fall back on because you're gonna, it's not going to go as you planned. It's never goes as, as you think it's going to go. If you think it's going to take a year to build your business plan on two, you know, cause that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, so having that little bit of buffer, um, really helps and it takes that stress off because I think there has to be uh, always an entrepreneurship. There has to be a balance between, um, urgency, which is what makes you get shit done because you know, without structure, a lot of people would just not do anything, right? So you need some, some kind of urgency, um, but also you need patience. So you need to know that like, hey, you're going to screw up and that's okay. You just need time to recover, figure it out, try again. So it's like that constant walking the line between urgency and patience, which really I think is the core competency of entrepreneurship is, is being able to do that and not giving up. So I, when I look at like, you know, when I open a gym, um, in that particular business, I think there's two types of people. Uh, I think there's people who gravitate towards the training side of things, right? Really good coaches. And then there's people who gravitate towards the business side of things. Um, I was the latter. I gravitated towards the business side of things. And that's one of the reasons that Traver um, went to me because he knew I had that type of um, interest and in, in, uh, mind for, for that type of work. So um, I also had a sales background, 
which man, I tell you, that's fucking huge. Like being able to communicate, sell, um, understanding the numbers game that goes behind sales. Um, that's, that's huge. And I actually like sales. You know, I, when I, um, one of my Cliff Ravenscraft, one of my mentors describes it as shared enthusiasm. You know, if you can share your enthusiasm for a service or product with someone, um, then they'll, they're likely to buy, you know, if they have that enthusiasm as well. And if you have that skill set, which is developed over time and the empathy and the able to listen, um, then that goes a long way. So I get excited about entrepreneurship, you know? Um, and even I, 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 sometimes I, I don't like using that word cause it's such a hot topic right now. You know, everybody, it's like a rock star term. Um, really I just call it like business ownership or being, you know, in business for yourself. Um, I like it. Um, and right now, you know, um, you know, first couple months of first six months of, of my current things, we didn't make a lot of money, you know, and, uh, my wife, you know, does well. So I had that buffer, but you know, I hate the fact that, um, and I love her to death because, you know, she never puts it in my face, but I hate the fact that I have to, like, that I had to go back and be like, Hey, uh, I really want to buy these new pair of hiking boots. Do you yeah. mind if I, you know, she's like, yeah, of course, buy whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, but I hate asking, you know, yep. I want to like, and we had money, you know, like, that's the thing is like, we had, we sold a gym, we had money in the bank. We just didn't want to touch it because sure. eventually we want to buy a property. So we just forgot it was there. But, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, it should be a little scary. I think getting into business for yourself, whether entrepreneurship or whatever it is. But I also think that um, there's a lot of ways I would ask people why you want to get into it because it's not that easy. You know, I think if a lot of people think, well, I'll have freedom, you know, of lifestyle, which is could be true or could not be true. You can find a lot of people start businesses who become slaves to their business. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Like, you know, I talk about James Fitzgerald and, and OPEX, you know, um, they have coaches who uh, work three, four days a week, travel the world, and they're not entrepreneurs, you know, they're contractors right. and they have everything. They don't have to worry about the marketing. They don't have to worry about the accounting, right? They just coach. So I think, you know, I would ask people, you know, why, why are you doing this? You know, why are you, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? And be very clear on why, um, because maybe there's other things that you can do that are less risky, less stressful, um, that get you exactly what you want to get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of jobs that yeah. allow people the flexibility of, you know, location independence or, you know, setting your own schedule, whatever it may be. I mean, in fact, the, the truth of the matter is that you or I probably have availability sometimes to hire people that are, you know, looking for jobs like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if anybody's interested, shoot me an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there, is there anything like, what do you love versus, uh, I don't think hate is the right word, but what is the hardest part about entrepreneurship versus the most rewarding part about entrepreneurship for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the, the downside to entrepreneurship, I'll just call it downside for lack of a better term, but, um, you know, your business becomes your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it very much is, it, the lines get blurred if they're not completely merged. So you tend to, to value yourself by your business, you know, or at least I do. And I think, and I'm not alone. Um, you know, so you tend to, to value what you do, you know, your numbers or what people think of you, um, you know, by your business. And that tends to start to define you over time. Um, so, you know, I think the, the mindset of an entrepreneur is freaking rough. 
at times, you know, it's just rough because you could put out what you think is the best service or best product and, uh, people will shit on it or they cancel and you're like, God, now, now what I'm worthless. You gotta be able to pick yourself up, learn from that situation and keep going. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, God, I can't remember if I'm, who this quote is, but you know, success is going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. You know, that in essence is entrepreneurship because you're just going <laughs> to fail a lot. Right. And I think that's, that's the downside. You just have to get used to it. Um, and understand that that's just the game and every, for every, you know, eight failures, you'll have a success. And that, that gets me into the good point of like that one success is so freaking intoxicating and awesome because you did it. You're like, Oh, I finally figured it out, man. I cracked this code. Like this is it. Now I can just go full on full bore. And that's like, we're at the point with a couple of service offerings now that we're doing now we're like, okay, I think we finally after eight months of like mixing service offerings and trying and, you know, burning some social capital and doing things like that. Like, okay, I think we got it. Now we're just, we're going to freaking unleash it on the world and, and it's going to be awesome. Um, cause we know it works, but that took so much pain to yeah. get there, you know, and so much, uh, anguish and nights of waking up at 3am. Um, you know, so there's this, this mental game. And I don't think people talk about depression, anxiety enough when it comes into entrepreneurship. I think it's, you know, it's that, like I said, it's that rock star thing. It's the Gary V thing. Although he talks about it pretty honestly, but you know, I think everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to be an online entrepreneur, but dude, there's like some downtimes, you know, like, especially if you're off by yourself in the middle of the mountains or wherever, like you get a lot of time to think, you yeah. know, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, especially if you have people that you need to get paid, um, you know, it's tough, you know, being from a gym ownership standpoint, uh, you know, I had a big nut to crack every month, you know, it was, you know, we, we operated a high capacity. It was a lot of, a lot of dollars running through there every month, a lot of expenses. And, um, you know, I, I was an employer, I employed people yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a, never would I thought, you know, Eric at, at 15 would have thought Eric at 40 was an employing people. Um, <laughs> but I was, and you know, that'll keep you up at night. You take, you lose 10, 20 clients in a month. Yeah. Fuck, that sucks, you know? And, uh, you just gotta be able to deal with it and keep going. And, uh, mindfulness I think is a big part of it. So there's, you know, I think that the ups and downs are tied together because the downs can be so low at times, but the highs are so good and so worth it, you know, sure. and you just got to find the balance. Yeah. And I think that, do you agree with this? Is it like, as the lows happen or you try things and they don't work, it gets the emotional downs, at least for me, get less down. It's yes. kind of like, you know, like you said, you're going one out of eight, you're shooting for, man, my first one out of eight was like, oh, geez, I don't know if I can do this. Like every yeah. downer was super down. And then it's like, yeah. now that I'm on my who knows how many 800th or whatever, yeah. you know, um, it's kind of like, well, let's try the next one, you know? Yeah. No big yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I think so. I think you nailed it because, you know, at first, like, especially starting my second or third business now, I'm on my third and uh, you know what to expect, which is a good and a bad thing. You know that it's going to suck at times, but you also know that you'll live and, uh, you know, you just kind of keep pushing through. So, yeah, I think it does. If you look at like a frequency, it's kind of like before it was like this and now it's kind of like this, yeah. right? And now it's, it's not so bad. Um, people are just listening. Sorry, you couldn't see that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but at the same time, too, for those people that are, you know, maybe struggling with their fitness or like trying to get themselves into awesome shape, if you're listening to this, it's the same kind of thing where it's like the gym was, you got really sore and it was really hard. You had these big ups and downs 
for the first month or, or so, you know, and then the more you do it, it, the more that you're looking actually for those ups and downs. Like I was, I, I did a really hard workout the other day and I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm not sore at all, but I should be like, I want that because it tells me that there's something happening, yeah. you know, and if it was my first month, I'd probably be all downer because I couldn't move out of my seat, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, business, life, working out, you know, just kind of keep with it because those ups and downs kind of level themselves out. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Since this is a, a health and fitness podcast, mm-hmm. um, I just threw this one question in there so that people could steal some things from you. Um, are there any fitness or nutrition truths that you live by? Yeah. Um, there is no stay away from dogma. I think that's the number one. Uh, there's so many different ways and, you know, I really nerd out on like the future and, and technology of fitness and where, where it's all going and all the data that we can access and understanding like, you know, our genetic profiles and wearables and all of those things. And what it's really telling us is that more and more as we go down this path that um, fitness and health and nutrition is so individual, mm-hmm. right? That understanding the way you react to different training that, you know, yeah, paleo may be good for someone, but you know, um, it's dogmatic. Anything that that's dogmatic, like, you know, uh, paleo or veganism or anything like that, I would say steer away because that's just not the way the world works. And, um, you know, if, if you come across a coach or you're coaching people and people ask you questions, uh, if your if your default answer isn't, well, it depends, Sure. then you don't, you don't know enough to know that you don't know shit because that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the journey of a coach or people getting into health and fitness is that, um, and that's, you know, I've had the pleasure of just as I'm sure you have talking to really, really high level coaches. And that's always the answer. You know, I ask, I would ask James for your own questions and, you know, he would do like this whole, like, oh, God. you know, just this whole, and everybody makes fun because he was just like this stressed out, like, cause you ask him a simple question, but he's got like 30 million possibilities rolling around his head because he knows so much, you know, he's been doing it, applying it for so long. And he's probably, I just imagine it's like the matrix, right? Just like, just like information downloading. Um, so then he asks you like 10 more questions to try to get clarifying going from there. So I think, yeah, you know, and it's interesting how, you know, my health and fitness has evolved over the years too. You know, I'm, I'm very much at the point now I'm 41 where, um, you know, I don't need a whole lot to stay feeling good. You know, I used to be, um, you know, I was doing, you know, for a while I was shooting for regionals, right. And I was, yeah. I was old, you know, I was 30, um, you know, 37 shooting for regionals competing against people in their twenties and really, you know, had no business to it, but I thought maybe I could do it. So anyway, the training was brutal, right? Uh, it was hard and it was very much an open conversation of me and my coach, like, listen, this isn't healthy for you. You know, just understand this isn't, you're not doing this for health. Right. So as long as we understand that clearly, then we'll move forward. And, uh, you know, now, and that was like double days, you know, eight, nine, 10 workouts a week and everything hurt, you know, um, you know, adrenal fatigue, digestive issues, all that stuff that goes along. And then now, um, I'm realizing what I truly value. And I think that takes time. Like, what do I value? Well, I value going on a long bike ride on a Saturday through, um, you know, Glacier National Park with my wife. And that's, that's what I train for now. So what does my week look like? Just nailing down my nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. Getting as much nutrition and uh, value as I can during my days. Um, sleeping, um, really good sleep. I got a whoop 
uh, wearable. I don't know if you know who are, but it's now I'm monitoring my sleep and it's basically dictating my life. Yes. Yes. So cool. And then, uh, you know, and my workouts are like, you know, either aerobic and long or, you know, short 30 to 40 minute, um, resistance workouts. That I do playing outside with a kettlebell in the sun and, uh, you know, that's what I like to do. And it keeps me healthy and I sleep well. And, uh, I think you just got to realize what you're doing and, and, you know, um, coaches, you know, as you're going through this, realize that your interpretation of fitness and the lens in which you look through it, um, and see it is not the same as your clients and getting that empathy, um, and understanding where people are coming from and, and really comes down to life coaching. And I know that term is hot. Um, but it's just true. It's just being able to understand people's values and that they're not the same as your own and being able to, to help them through that. So, um, yeah, I could go off on health and nutrition and fitness all day, um, because it's still a huge part of my life. I just don't do it directly. You know, I indirectly help people do it. Sure. And I think that what people could take away from this goes back to what we talked about earlier too, is that there's not really a right answer for everybody. So if you want to get better at your health and fitness, find a mentor or find yeah. a gym to go to that you can have a mentor, right? Because then the people that have that exact answer, I love it when, that you said when they're like, it depends, you know, yeah. what's the best diet for you? It's like, I, uh, let's talk more because yeah, take a while. Yeah. Um, you know, and the person that says it's paleo or it's keto or whatever, mm -hmm. they don't have enough information. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is. Maybe it isn't. And, you know, why is your squat supposed to look like that? Or why is your squat supposed to look like this? You know, so yeah, go find yourself a mentor and get, you know, try and get better at learning what they know and, and moving forward with it. So that was awesome. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Cool. I'm going to need to take that and that clip out of the podcast and use it for advertising purposes. It was so, <laughs> awesome. it was so good. Good, man. Um, yeah. But, Let's, uh, let's transition to this do it now stuff. I know that, mm -hmm. um, that was the number one passion that you talked about wanting to, wanting to go over. Um, so let's dig in, you know, why are you passionate about that and why is it relevant to you and why should people care? And we've touched on it a little bit, but let's really dig into that one. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned 2016, how it was a difficult year for, for my, my wife and I, and that was, you know, it changed me fundamentally, like at the core in my chemistry, it really changed who I am, um, in, in so many ways. And, you know, why, I think when you asked me that question, I also was just getting back. I, I lost a good friend this year. He was 48 and uh, his name is Justin, uh, Friesner and, uh, known him for a long time. He's been friends with my, with my brother for over 25 years and just known him for a long time. He was the first member of my gym in Santa Barbara. Um, just an all around good dude. And, uh, you know, he, he was 48 had a, what we believe was a, a massive heart attack, uh, in Cancun when he was swimming with his girlfriend who was, you know, in all intents and purposes, his life partner, like they had just put money down on a home. Um, they were starting to build their life together and, uh, yeah, man, just within gone, right. Done. And, you know, one of, when we went to the memorial and my brother and I led, you know, this beautiful paddle out service and, um, you know, during the, the ceremony right before the paddle out, there was a, um, JJ, who's his girlfriend and my close friend as well, his, uh, her family member got up and talked about crossroads and he's like, you know, I think what this reflects on is that we're all at a crossroads, you know, um, at this point, because this reminder and loss of Justin is basically, um, a reminder that, you know, life is incredibly fragile and, and you got to take a really good look at what you're doing with your life. And is it what you want to be doing? Because we live in this 
and, you know, Di Manuel, another guy we both know really well. Um, I talked to him on a podcast and, uh, you know, we talked about this book, which I just ordered should be here today. It's called the five, um, the five regrets of the dying. Right. And it's like all these, it's all these people that were interviewed, you know, at, at the later stages of life and what regrets they had. And there's these five primary ones. Uh, I don't know them well enough yet, but I understand the point mm-hmm. is that so many people get to their lives and they're like, you know, well, when I'm 60, you know, I'll, I'll buy a van and I'll go cruise around all the national parks. Right. Or, um, you know, or I'll go uh, live overseas or I'll do these things or I'm, you know, whatever it is, you know, we always put off these things for a future now. And uh, that future now is by far not guaranteed. You know, that's, I, I get reminders of that all the time. You know, um, my brother almost died in 2014. I uh, just had a brain in his room, very healthy guy, almost lost him trauma unit for weeks on end and uh, had to get brain surgery. And it was just so sudden. Right. And I, I keep coming across these stories, you know, 14, 16, 18 seems to be happening every two years. Now something major happens where we're just shocked. Like how could that person go? And, uh, you know, I think you have to really take a good look at your life and, and, and say, um, you know, what am I waiting for? And, you know, all these excuses that we come up with, um, you know, some people may look at my life and, you know, say, well, that's Eric, it's easy for you to say, because you had a business that you could sell and you don't have kids. So you can go off and do these things. Well, you know, you talk to someone like Diamond, well, he's got two kids, right? He just moved them all to Bali because that's what he wants to do with his life. And that's things that they have that they want to check off the list and, uh, you know, start doing it now. And I just think if, if you really boil it down, Joe, if you just boil it down to what it all is, it's just a matter of choices and what you do, you know? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I have to pull my kids out of school if I want to do some things. It's a choice, you know? And what it comes down to is I, I think for most people, if, if that vision of what you want with your life, whatever it is, if you can just make that first major decision, um, for me, it was coming home one night and just telling my wife, you know, it's shocking her like, Hey, I want to sell my gym. That was my identity, dude. I went to walk around Santa Barbara, everybody. I knew people everywhere. I had this massive loving community. People thought I was crazy from all outside perspectives. I was successful, right? I had a successful business in a beautiful part of the most beautiful part of the country. And, um, oh no, you know, multiple homes and, and like everything was just like perfect but not me. It wasn't me. It wasn't what I wanted. And I think what we also end up doing is living up to other people's ideals. Like, okay, this is what society tells us is right. You know, by, like I said, by all factors, I was being, I was winning, but it wasn't what Eric wanted. You know, what I want, I want something super simple. I want a van, right. (laughs) That I can go travel around and I just want to cruise and see things and explore and have time to my alone to think and philosophize and do all that. That's what I want. And, uh, you know, they say as wisdom is just clarity and what you really enjoy. And I think that's, that's the big thing. So I would just encourage people, if you're listening right now, take a hard look, like a fucking hard look at what you're doing, because I guarantee if you stay when whatever you're doing, it's easy for a decade to go by easy, you know? And as someone who's like early twenties, like a decade, that's forever. Trust me, shit goes by fast. Like I owned a gym for nine years. It went like that. And, uh, yeah. So just get to it and, and just make that first tough move for me. It was just saying verbally to my wife that I want to sell my gym and I want to go live somewhere else. And after that, everything starts cascading and working in your favor and the universe starts coming behind you and, and making it happen. So yeah, man, it's, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't take a shocking moment of a loss or whatever that, that thing is, you know, um, that happens to people that kind of find, you know, forever changes you, but um, sometimes that's what it takes. And then you just get out and you start 
doing life on your terms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can look at it two different ways. Um, <laughs> I think that there's the, there's the lost way or there's the thought of like, think about whatever you believe in, right? Whether it's uh, have you re- religious beliefs or non-religious beliefs or whatever. Um, but life is so fragile and let it, for me, this, I, I let it scare me sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happens next. You know, I can, yeah. I, I can, you know, believe some Bible or something like that, but I, I don't know, like, I can't talk to those people that have gone. So I don't know. Um, so I get a little scared and I'm like, well, shit, if I get hit by the bus tomorrow and I haven't gone down the road of doing things that I want, you know, what was I thinking, you know? And, and then the other thing is like, I don't know about you, but I always looked at how people worked their whole life or their best years of their life. And then they go off and retire and do stuff. And, for my for my whole life i've always looked at that and thought that doesn't make sense to me like it makes no sense joe i can't get it (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't make sense and no one knows why that's the way things are you know um there's especially nowadays i can see why at certain times like okay you start you you go to school you start with a company you work for that company for 30 40 years you build your pension you retire that's just the way things were there were no other options right we have we have as many options as we want. Now we can build online businesses. We can live from anywhere. And you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. And I I think if there's two things people can contemplate um, on a daily basis that hopefully will motivate them is number one, your own death, right? Contemplate your own mortality because it's fucking coming. It's the one thing it's guaranteed, right? Me, I'm 41. I'm statistically halfway there. That was a big thing. I was like, holy, like talk about like midlife crisis is a real thing, right? (laughs) Um, Number one, mortality. Number two, realize like, how small and insignificant you are in the universe. Like it doesn't really matter. I mean, Joe Rogan, I'm sure you listen to his podcast, right? Um, You know, he has a says like at the end of the day, we're just talking, walking monkeys flying around on an organic spaceship. And that's it. Like, we're not like, we think think that what we do is so important, but it's really like, we don't even know how big the universe is. If you look at statistics, like I have, um, uh, God, what is it? Um, this book about the cosmos that uh, I just keep, you know, in my, my office. Uh, and, you know, I read a couple books in there every once in a while when I'm doing my job. And, uh, you know, it's, it just reminds me, I'll just pick it up. I'll read one page. I'm like, God, I'm so, I'm so small. I'm so tiny. It doesn't matter. Like all these things I think that matter, you know, what my retirement fund looks like, what this looks like, it doesn't matter. So might as well just go out and start doing shit that you want to do because, yeah. you know, we're going to die. We're all going to die. And we're all completely small and insignificant in the grand scheme of things. So stop thinking you're so goddamn grand and just yeah. get on with what you want to do. You know, yep. and that's, I know that sounds, uh, that sounds, um, dark in some ways, but it's not, it's actually extremely liberating, sure. you know? Yeah. It, you know, if it motivates you, then get after it. I know that like my brother's always had an inc- incredible like perspective on life. And I was always the person that would worry about things and finances and whatnot. And, you know, should I buy the next whatever? And he's like, look, dude, this is how I, li- how I live my life. If it's going to increase my experience of life, like I'm, I'm going to have an enjoyable experience and it's not going to put me in debt, you know, that I can't, you know, climb myself out of, and I'm not advocating people getting themselves into debt or anything like that. Yeah. But if it's going to increase your experience and it's not going to harm you in any way, that's an easy decision. Do it. 
you know, increase yeah. your experience, have a better experience because then you're going to have that memory and you start living your life based off of having quality experiences and not just like following what other people think you should be doing. And, uh, he probably told me that he's my younger brother. He probably told me that, you yeah. know, 10 years ago. And even to this day, I still think about that, you know, like, shoot, if I go buy those, even if I, if, if it's like a buy thing or go to a, a national park or whatever, it's going to increase my experience. Yeah. It cost me $23 to camp there, but it, my experience was fucking awesome. You know, it was yeah. great. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so. spot on. And I totally agree. It actually took me a long time. And I, I think you're right. I think you, you know, this is, we have to be practical and real to, you know, real that you have to have the finances. You have to have that set, right? You have to have some kind of awareness and plan when it comes to your finances, but you're right, man. Like, you know, you could have, you know, a bunch of money saved, but for some reason we don't even want to touch it. Right. Yeah. But you know, we go through this all the time. You know, we have like, we're, we're about to purchase a base fan because we're going to build it out just like you. And we just went through, we're like, God, do we need it? But we have this. And I'm like, yeah, but think about how better our weekends would be every weekend. If we just picked up on a Friday and just drove and just went somewhere and parked on, you know, and just saw shit and met people and, you know, had experiences, built stories and, and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, for some reason we always want to hold on to these things. Um, and then next thing you know, like I said, a decade goes by like that and you just be like, I wish I did it. And that's, uh, you know, a life with as little regrets as possible, I think is the greatest goal you can have. Absolutely. I'm not sure if you guys can hear it, but a motorcycle crew just decided to park right next to my van. So if that's, <laughs> if that's coming through on the, the podcast, that that's, you know, the downside of, I guess, driving around and trying to do a podcast, but it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's like it's a, some sort of a Harley group out there. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear it on my end. So oh, good, good. yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, if how, you know, we've, I guess we've kind of touched on this a, l a little bit, but let's put some things in like concrete forms. Like if somebody <laughs> needs to do this and they need to analyze their life, do you have any tactics for that? Like, you know, sit down for two hours and write out everything that you ever wanted, create a list of all the things that you want to do a bucket list, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, do a weekly review of what things you liked or didn't like. Um, do you have anything that people could take away right now um, and put into their schedule, you know, I'm a big schedule, like put it in your calendar so that you're actually going to do it and then take some action on it. Any things like the, or ideas like that, that you could give somebody? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't have anything quite like that, but I, I do have a, a more, you know, with every, um, consulting client I start with, um, you know, and I've, I've borrowed a lot of these ideas, um, and pieced them together into, um, you know, I used to do what's called the perfect day, which I got from Chris Cooper, but now I do the perfect week. Um, because you know, and, and what I say by the perfect week is what exactly, what is that mixture of like, um, you know, recreation impact health, um, sleep and rest and love and all those things that you have and build out that perfect week and, and what it looks like. And the most important thing is, is with that perfect week, make sure it's not stealing from weeks of the future. So you're not debting yourself to get it, you know, so it's sustainable um, and that you can continue to repeat over and over again. And then singularly focus on that and what it takes to get there and don't stop. And uh, because, hey, once you get there, it's amazing. I'm almost, I'm basically, I'm basically there, you know, like I, I, I basically did it. I have to sustain it now. Right. Um, but I can tell you the process of getting there is 
almost more fun than being there because it's so goddamn exciting. It's so motivating. Like you just won't stop until you get there because it's so worth it. You know, it's that's, that's to me is, is the biggest thing is build out exactly. I can tell you exactly what, I mean, we went over it. My, my week is, you know, um, Friday at noon to Monday at noon, I'm off doing things that I want to do in the wilderness or exploring or in a new city or doing whatever. Um, come Wednesday or Monday at noon, I'm, I'm catching up Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm doing, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm doing all my podcasting, doing all my outreach, my consulting, my mastermind groups. And then come Friday afternoon or Friday morning, I, I, I tighten everything up and then I go out and explore. And that's my, that's our ideal day, our ideal week. And, um, getting there was just as much fun as actually doing it. Uh, now all I need is a van like yours. So I think you nailed it right on the head there because the, the getting there is so much fun. Once you get into the routine or the, mm-hmm. once you figure out what you're going to do on a regular basis, I think that's kind of hard for people like, well, if I'm going to be doing some sort of business or whatever it may be, or even like trying to take what you're doing in your job to get it towards, you know, living in a van or, or whatever, traveling around, um, that process of figuring it out and, you know, putting the blocks on top of each other is so cool that I, I'm the same way with you. Like I have another business that's like kind of there and I maintain it at this point and it's cool, but it was so much more fun when I was like building up to the point of like, Oh yeah, I want to, you know, build up to having four or $5,000 a month that just comes in every month. Cool. Yeah. And now that it does, it's, it's, yeah, we can keep on building it and then we still have more goals, but it's, it's more like, what's the next thing I can build, you know, yeah. cause that's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. So much yeah. Fun. It's awesome, man. And, and, you know, and just knowing like, that's what you want, um, you know, with your week, like you just become so motivated because it's so intrinsically, it's like, it's exactly what you want. So how could you not be motivated and excited to go chase it that day? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, man. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that you got there too. And then you continued on the journey because you know what, like what my perfect week was uh, two years ago is not what it is today. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, ultimately the, the perfect day exercise, which is, you know, um, what it came down to is what ultimately made me sell my gym. It's like, okay, you know, my perfect day is no longer involves walking into a gym and, uh, dealing with, you know, gym stuff, you know, right. it doesn't. And when I came to that realization, I was like, okay, well, what does it look like? And that's, um, you know, I branched it out and, and redid it. And, but maybe, you know, for two years from now, maybe six months from now, that will be different too. Maybe I'll come across something else that I find that I really love and enjoy. And that I want to be, um, part of my life and I'll go after that. Yeah. And that was something that I was just thinking about, as you said, it, is that it's okay if you don't have to predict 10 years down the road, you know, like, I'm living in a van right now and maybe in a year from now, I won't want to be living in a van. Maybe I want to go back to the city, maybe. And that's totally fine. But what are you super passionate about doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's great because it will change. You change, you know? Um, Like I said, you know, when I, when I first opened the gym in 09, um, if I had fast forwarded and I knew what was coming in 2017, uh, Eric in 09 would have been like, Yes that is perfect. That's exactly what I want. Right. You you know, home in Santa Barbara, beautiful wife, like all these things. But then when I got to that point, I was like, God, you know, inside, it's just not what I want. And I think that's a big thing is understanding, like, don't judge yourself on the fact that you will change over time and that what you want and desire, um, and what fulfills you will change too, because that's just part of life. You know, you just mature or not lack of better term mature, but just shift with times, you know? 
Yeah. And when you're doing your perfect week, do you have like a, a routine that you go through? Um, you know, when, when creating it in my mind's eye, um, is it in your mind, is it written down? What is that? Um, it's in my mind, but, um, yeah, you know, probably writing it down. Now that I think about it would be a much more powerful thing because once you write things down, it's, you know, write things down and then tell somebody or multiple people because yeah. then it's real. That shit gets real. Right. Cause once other people know, be like, Hey, boom, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to look like in a year. And, uh, you tell people that and once you share it. Yeah. I think writing down would be actually a great addition to that exercise. And I haven't, I haven't actually okay. done it, but maybe I'll make my clients do it. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing around with uh, something called the 12 week year and there's like awesome. a, a weekly planning thing. Um, okay. That I'm trying to get down as well. I feel like sometimes when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, there are a lot of different things and you have your week scheduled and whatnot, and it's hard to really step back and plan. But I think that if somebody is not in that place right now, that they don't really know what direction or how they're going to get to where they want to, that's planning thing is, can be really, really powerful. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's tough. You know, I think there's a certain amount of planning, <clears throat> but as you kind of start the process, um, like it never really goes the way you think it's going to go. Nope. You know, you, you think you have this great service, you know, an entrepreneur that everyone's going to love and you find out it's just you loving your own cooking. Um, <laughs> and no one really likes it, you know, and they're like, Oh, so the market will dictate a lot of things too. But I think what you, the one thing is for sure, um, is that you got to like the process, you know, and yeah. you got to be ready for, for change and failure and, and learning, you know, that's, that's the one significant, that's the one consistent thing that I've seen over the years for sure. Is that things will change. You just got to expect it. Yep. Absolutely. And that leads us perfectly into this, this second to the last part of the podcast here. Do you have yeah. any books or podcasts that you would recommend to people? I always love asking this question. I'm a, a crazy reader, love reading. So yeah. You got? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got so much. So, uh, <clears throat> I ask this question, um, all the time too, you know, my short form podcast, uh, the fitness blitz, it's, uh, it's one of the, the core questions because I'm so curious because it tells so much about people. Right. Um, and I do read a lot. I read at least, you know, I try to read a book a week. Um, I just started with Blinkist. I don't know if you know that application, but it yep. just gives you like two summaries of a book every morning. So okay, in like 30 like, minutes, I just get like just information upon information. It kind of like the cliff notes that'll make me uh, find out what I want to read next. But, um, you know, so I, I, can I stop you right there really quick? Yeah. So do you use Blinkist and then read the book or does Blinkist take over for the book? Both. It depends on what I get from Blinkist. If I'm like, okay, this one really resonated with me, yeah. you know, then I'll, I'll get the, the full audio or the full book and I'll, I'll go down that route, you know? Um, so I use it both, but I like, um, you know, in the mornings I've, I've uh, committed to at least 30 minutes of no no email, no social, no nothing. So, you know, I do my five minute flow from Max Chank, if you know that guy. Um, and then I drink my water, uh, I make my bulletproof coffee and then I start listening to something, um, or reading something. So I use Blinkist now because it's just so it's like, okay, it gives me ideas for maybe my long. Cause on the weekends I'll read books. Um, you know, I'll go out when we do stuff, I'll read books, but you know, I, I, I'm reminded since I asked, you know, so many people the same question of like all these great books and, um, so it's tough to say, but I can tell one that keeps coming back to me um, as of recently is the one, uh, it's called The One Thing, mm-hmm. um, if you know that book. But and the reason you, being is like, is right? it's, it's a great book. Uh, yeah, The One Thing. And it's short, um, but I can tell you the, the reason why I said it found, it found me, all great books find you at a certain point in your life, right? And uh, you know, at this point in time, 
I was just like, I think it was 2016. Uh, I was talking actually just talked to James Fitzgerald and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he pointed out, cause I was at that time I was like, I was running my gym. I was doing online coaching. I was starting a, um, a consulting business for gyms. I was doing a corporate wellness program that was very time demanding. So I had all these things going on. Right. And he's just like, well, when are you just going to get like really good at one thing? <laughs> and I was like, what, what is that? That's not what entrepreneurs do. And then I read, and then I also happened to just be finishing that book at the same time. And it just, boom, dude, it, it, it nailed me and everything became clear. Like, what do I really want to be doing? What do I'm good at? You know? And, um, you know, although I still have my, I still have multiple things, it really comes down to, um, you know, raising up to whatever my core competency is or my, um, you know, my zone of genius. And, uh, what I realized that is, is just, um, communicating with people and building networks you know, like doing this. I love podcasting. You know, yeah. I love talking to mastermind groups. I love, um, just helping, right. Finding different ways to help. So uh, that's really kind of what I've branched out. And then I, now I'm finding ways to amplify it, but that's one book. Um, another book, um, that I always come back to every once in a while. Um, and like that guy, you know, we keep talking about, but die Manuel reminded me of it was the alchemist. Mm-hmm. If you ever read that one? Um, oh, yeah. I try to read, try to throw in fiction every now and then, but this book is like, man, I, it was gifted to me when I was like 22. It was one of the first books I've ever read and, you know, cover to cover. Cause I didn't read much, um, early on. And, uh, yeah, I just keep coming back to it and it's, it's awesome. It's such a good book. It'll you know everything we're talking about today with life. Yeah. Um, you read that book and it will, it will resonate for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Um, are if somebody's looking to take action, um, are there would the books be the same or would they change? Take action on like finding something that we've talked about. Let's say maybe it's entrepreneurship. You know, we both have podcasts. Maybe it's starting a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but yeah, you know I. Uh... I have to say, I think the one person who motivates me to take action, like if I'm feeling like, um, you know, maybe I'm just not having that day or maybe I'm finding reasons or excuses to go off and do something else. Uh, I listen to some Gary V. Yep. And, uh, dude, the guy is just so laser point on focus. I mean, if you haven't read crushing it, um, oh, or his, or his, you know, or that's like the bat, that was the first one. Right. Then he just came out with a new one. So I think it was crush it. And then right. Right. Now it's crushing it, crushing it. Second. One. Yeah. Yeah. So either one, whatever, they're both great. Yeah. I mean, you get, once you hear Gary V, um, you understand his energy and his enthusiasm. And, um, you know, now I'm not saying like, you know, and he's very clear about it too. Like you don't, you don't need to be, you sh- not everyone should be working 20 hour days, right? right? You shouldn't because there's health concerns when it comes down <laughs> yeah. to that. But, you know, if you're looking for something to really fire you up, understand like how important it is nowadays for you and the opportunities that, that are out there, especially if you start getting, down to like, okay, what's my perfect week? What's the, the 12 week plan or what is it that I really want out of my life? Um, he really, really motivates you to think that anything is possible and that, you know, the opportunities for you are endless in this, in this modern day space. So I would say, yeah, man, he gets me going all the time in his podcast, his books. I mean, his con- he's everywhere. He's a con, he's the king of content the guys omnipresent. And, uh, yeah. So I would recommend that guy. Yeah. Go, go get some. He fires me. I'm just even thinking about him right now. I'm like, I need to go do some shit, right? Like I need to go create some content. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. Yeah. He's the best. 
Uh, it's so good. Well, we're creating content right now, so we're doing yeah. some shit. It's awesome. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're in He's that. Definitely doing some shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, Eric has been so awesome. Um, can you? What would you like to promote? Tell people how yeah. they can find you if they're into what you've been talking about. How mm-hmm. how they can they find that? Go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the big, the big focus for us right now, I'm, I'm all over social. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook primarily. If you want to find me at Eric Malzone. Um, but, uh, you know, the, what we're really working on right now is fitnessprofessionalonline.com. So my business partner, Doug has owned that website for some time now. And, uh, you know, we do have a mission with that. You know, we want to make an impact. Um, so we just redid the website. We gutted it, put a lot of money into it, making it look better and, and feel better. But our goal for that is to be um, a leading resource for online fitness professionals and achieving, you know, and breaking through to a life of freedom. And, uh, you know, so we want to have as many resources as we can from, um, you know, education on how to coach people properly, um, you know, everything that comes from that end, the business side of things, the marketing side of things. And we're also looking for really good contributors. So if people want to get themselves exposed, um, you know, with a traffic that's going to be gaining a lot of, or a website that's going to be getting a lot of traffic. Um, we're looking for good partners there too. So if you want to get in the ground floor and something that's going to be really, really cool, um, you know, go look at fitnessprofessionalonline.com and just contact me via social um, anywhere. Um, you can also find me at Eric Malzone at fitnessprofessionalonline.com. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Eric, this was awesome. Yeah, it was I, fun, man. Thank I, you. I love talking with you. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. And uh, man, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate your time, man. This is great. Yeah. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. You too. That was my podcast with Eric Malzone from the Fitness Bliss Radio on iTunes and all of the other podcast channels. So make sure that you check him out. He's got all kinds of great information in the fitness industry and actually the fitness business industry as well. As you could tell, I hope you really enjoyed that show or at least enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it. And if you would like to pick up a free book on us, you can do so at Audible by going to allaroundjoe.com slash Audible and getting yourself that free audiobook download. I listen to audiobooks all the time. And as you can see on the show, Eric does as well. I would recommend picking up The One Thing by Gary Keller and figuring out what that one thing is for you. If you guys have any questions or comments about the podcast, I love to hear about them. You can find the show notes and comment or leave your question at allaroundjoe.com slash 143. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 143. So I hope you pick up a free audiobook, and I hope that you leave a question or a comment over on the show notes and check out Eric's show, The Fitness Blitz Radio. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next one.